get, I guess. I'm... <laughs> now, in terms of the racial mix of your friends, over you said 4,000 of them, mostly white, mostly black, nice mix. I would say it's probably a healthy mix. I mean, I went to, I used to live upstate New York, New England. I've lived in California. So I think the mix reflects the demographics of those places. And so if you had to use like three words to describe your Facebook feed normally, what would you say? Like I would congenial? Say it, what's that? Congenial? Yeah. People are in, in generally in good spirits. There's usually a nuance of difference about a particular issue that's maybe the, the story of the day or the conversation of the day. And then there's generally a banter about sports that probably takes up too much time. Okay. So now I want to take you back, though, to when Ferguson happened. What happened on your Facebook feed? So everything I started putting up, people started to comment from wide places on my network, just just crazy people that I hadn't even thought about in probably like 20, 30 years. And um, all of a sudden, it was like people from elementary school arguing with people from college. And it got a little bit ugly. Do you have any examples that you can give us? <sighs> Well, okay, so there's a, a classic comment that has come up in a lot of different places from mostly white members on my Facebook feed that says, well, more black people kill black people than white people kill black people. And that, and on that day, my emotions with that were just, it just broke my heart. Because, okay, sure, that might be true. But that, and I had no actual way to respond to it. I had no... You know, uh, you know, you you look for something witty, or you want to say something brilliant or smart. You want to say something cutting or or the right thing. But then what ends up happening on Facebook is that you just like vomit, right? It's unedited emotional barrage, and you know, Facebook gives you the space to just let it out. And did you? Um, I did a lot of times, um, and would go would try and go tit for tat with different people. People started inboxing me directly, being like, "Why don't you just cut these people off your Facebook feed?" I see it as my network and a, a, a digital representation of my network and almost like an archive of the people that I've encountered and come across. And if I want to understand my story, my history, all of the ways that I've come about, that this is one of those vehicles for me to really, it's almost like this weird digital therapy space where you can kind of get to the heart of who you are via the people you've in, interacted with. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. What you're saying is like, this is the fabric of your life and it has white threads and it has black threads. Right. And it has people that, yes, when I went to college, I met a guy who had a SWAT sticker tattooed on his arm and I played football with him and we had to support each other. And we're still friends on Facebook. Ibrahim won't unfriend people, even a guy with a swastika. Last year, the American Values Survey found that white Americans have social circles that are, on average, 91% also white. Black Americans average a social circle that's 83% black. So when it comes to talking about anything offline in real life, we definitely tend to talk to people of our own race. So we have a tendency to build these social networks that are more alike us than different from us. Uh, we might see differences of opinions in our Facebook groups, but networks hold together a little bit uh, based on similar attitudes. Shannon Rao is a social psychologist at Benedictine University in Illinois. And Rao did a study to see how people respond to comments about race on Facebook. We created a Facebook page for a fictional person. This person was a young white male. Uh, we showed it to Internet users, and then they responded to it. So hundreds of people in her sample, 
They were all white on Facebook. They were each shown one of three fake messages from this fake account. So the first message recognized discrimination is still a real problem. The second message was overtly racist, laying out reasons why whites are superior. And people responded to those two messages as you'd hope. Participants agreed with that first message, and they really rejected the overt racist message. They rejected racism. Phew! It's a relief, right? Okay, but then Rao and her team put out a third message from this fake Facebook guy. Still racist, but from a different angle. We called it the victim message. And in this message, the writer discussed why whites are the most oppressed group in America today. And we found a high level of agreement with this message, particularly among people who use Facebook frequently. Wedged between sports scores and gossip, this less obvious racist message wasn't flagged. People just sort of, you know, they went with it. And here's the thing, if nobody...